Welcome to another episode of the Feminist Survival Project 2020. If you believe being a woman is neither a moral failing nor a medical condition, and you're exhausted and overwhelmed by 2020, but you're still worried you're not doing enough, this is the podcast for you. I'm Amelia Nagoski. I'm Emily Nagoski. And we're the authors of a book called Burnout. We're going to talk today about a strategy that I use for dealing with stressful situations one by one, but also in general, the stress of the fact that life is very, very hard on a large scale. But what we're going to talk about today is the fact that the immediate now and the large scale, what this strategy does for me is give me perspective to understand that they are not different. They're the same. That sounds very odd, doesn't it? It really does. Yes, it does. Okay. And Amelia's in charge, I should say, because so this is a concept we wrote into the original draft of Burnout. It got cut because reasons. Uh, I thought it was really good. It came directly from Amelia. And uh, I'm having a rough month. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of us are. Um, So here's this thing. So this is this is one of those opportunities where Amelia helps me. Yeah. So and hopefully helps you along the way. This is an action and a metaphor and a philosophy, and it's it's from Tai Chi. So it's it's all of life in a little nutshell, because that's what Tai Chi is. Uh, here's my little white lady caveat, which is that I am no expert in Tai Chi, not even close. I've been practicing Tai Chi for about eight years now, which I had to think about in preparation for doing this. And I was like, damn, that's a long time. But I only had formal training for about 18 months. Since then, my Tai Chi practice is my practice. I in no way pretend to be conforming to some Tai Chi ideal, but also one of the things I learned in my short period of formal instruction is that there is no Tai Chi ideal. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of different specific forms of Tai Chi. When you think of like the specific movements or choreography of Tai Chi, there, there's no one right way, but there is an underpinning underlying philosophy that directs all of those perspectives. And um, that means that some of the individual movements are the same among all those different, among many of those different forms. And there are individual names of movements that are the same across multiple forms. So we're gonna talk about one of those and my personal interpretation of it based on what my instructors have told me. Does that sound like enough of a caveat that I am not claiming to be an expert. This is just my- Something that works for you. This is my practice and it is a thing that exists inside Tai Chi, but I'm not claiming that I am the official Tai Chi representative to explain this to everyone. This is just what works for me. Yeah, and in the show notes, maybe we can provide people with further links. Links, like to my- I mean, there's a whole book called This Thing. Yes, there's a whole book called This Thing. Yeah. Um, This thing is Embrace Tiger, Return to Mountain. So some of the things that underpin all of Tai Chi are general Chinese philosophy things. And the Tai Chi itself is the yin yang. So what is a Tai Chi? A Tai Chi is that circle with two like paisleys that interlock each other. And then the two little circles inside each paisley and they're opposites and they swoosh around each other. And there's like little bits of each other inside each other. You've seen that? You know what that looks like? Okay. Do you have any like sense of what that represents or why it is a thing? Uh, it represents a light side and a dark side and how the dark side's in the light side and the light side's in the dark side. Yes. Those are things that are- As Lauren Hill puts it, everything is everything. 
Everything is everything. That, yeah, yeah, actually everything is everything is more accurate than the light side's in the dark side and the dark side's in the light side because it's not actually two sides. It is one thing. The definition I learned about what Tai Chi is is that it's the mutual interplay of opposites. So it's not about the two sides. It's about the fact that they both exist together and that, in fact, you can't have the whole without both. Would it be reasonable to say it's like people who don't know any better talk about nature versus nurture when it comes to how we develop into who we are? And anybody who knows what they're talking about knows that it is neither nature nor nurture, but rather and specifically the structure of the interaction between the two? Yes, that is exactly right. Okay, that helps me. And that makes sense that science has come up with that in that particular definition, because that is the nature of existence. Who we become, of course, is a direct result of how the universe works. And how the universe works is Tai Chi, the mutual interplay of opposites. So now we've already talked about what the thing is, <laughs> except we haven't specifically talked about what the thing is. Okay, the thing is embrace tiger, return to mountain. So we need to start with mountain because we're going to return there. Mountain in Tai Chi is the same as mountain in yoga in its function. So do you understand what mountain in yoga is already? And you could probably explain it better for yoga because you do more yoga than I do. No, I really couldn't. Oh, okay, great. So mountain in yoga or Tai Chi is the... I have a very, like, I just do it experience of yoga. Yeah, me too. And also Tai Chi. <laughs> and yet here we are explaining it because it's helpful to remember. Uh, okay, so mountain in yoga and Tai Chi, as far as I know, is a, a pose that's like your base. You return to it because it is an easy relatively it's a posture of stability it's a comfortable pose that you could hold for a long long time it's not a pose deeply rooted yeah you're standing on your feet you're not inverted you're not with your hands in the air it's a it's a comfortable standing pose especially in yoga it's like feet together hands by your sides you know standing tall sort of situation in tai chi you stand with your feet quite far apart and your legs slightly bent and your shoulders drop low and your head balanced on your neck. It's also called horse stance because it's actually the same posture that you would have if you just like slid a horse underneath you, you'd be sitting properly on that horse. Does that make sense? That wide? That wide, yeah. Because that's mean, wide. Horses are all different widths, first of all, and people require different amounts of spread for their legs. And if it's not- The horse I rode named Butters was real wide. Yes, wide. Your feet are wide apart. Okay. So that's mountain as a physical pose. And your hands are in front of you. Like if you just drop your hands to your side and then take your hands exactly where they are on the sides of your body and let them float up until they reach about shoulder height and your wrists are going to lead because once you're, everything's relaxed, you're it's just naturally what happens is that your wrists lead and your shoulders are down and your elbows are slightly bent and your hands are relaxed. Uh, and then you imagine that your hands are sort of holding helium filled balloons down so they don't float away. Now your arms are slightly at raised to shoulder height, but relaxed. And it's quite easy to hold your arms there for quite a long time, even if you don't have a lot of strength in your shoulders. And then you're planted in the ground in this, this horse stance. Can you imagine it? Yep. That's mountain as a physical posture. Helium balloons under my palms. Yeah. That's mountain as a physical posture. As a philosophy, mountain is the earth. It is 
young. It is solid. It is hard. It is firm. It is rooted. It is unmoving. It is stable. Philosophy and physical posture. Yes? Got it. Great. So now you've got these helium balloons under your palms. And uh, you're going to keep your hands in that same basic shape. And you're going to scoop outwards and down to imagine that you're scooping something down by your knees. And when you scoop down by your knees, you're going to gather whatever you find into the palms of your hands. And you're going to raise them in front of your face. And you're going to look at them. And then you're going to let them float back out to shoulder height. And that scooping, big down to the earth, scoop downwards, and then lifting slowly up to like show your face. Hey, here's what here's what your hands found. And it was tiger. When you embrace tiger, you reach down and you bring it towards your face and you look at it. And what have you found that you scooped right there in front of you? There's like universe juice as Poe the panda from that movie about the panda. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. He talked about universe juice. Panda named Poe. Panda named Poe. He's not wrong about the universe juice because the thing is that we live, we live uh, in a body that exists on a planet and in the air in front of us is molecules that are invisible to our eyes, but those molecules are suspended in the air and moving. And so what's also in them is energy. There's potential energy and there's also kinetic energy and you can touch that energy by moving your hands because you are touching something physical and real. Is it bad that I thought it's like aerosolized coronavirus? (laughs) Yes, you can scoop it on up and take a look at it. Yeah? Yeah, because there's stuff that's actually there. There's stuff that's actually there. And all of that stuff... There's also metaphor that's actually there. There's also metaphor that's actually there. And literally there's stuff, and that stuff is connected to all the other stuff. It's connected to you, it's connected to the ground you're standing on, and everything that you're touching is touching something else that extends you and connects you indirectly to literally the universe. Does that feel too big and sudden and philosophical and intangible? It's hard for me to know because I got a terrible song from Junior Allstate in my head. What song is that? Come, young citizens of the world, we are one, we are one, we have one voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, we I think that's probably enough of that. Dream. I think that's... And with one voice, we sing. It's a terrible song. Yeah, I believe God, that's, that's a terrible song. I believe that's by Don Bessig, who was also the guest conductor that year. Christ, it's so bad. It's not good. No. Okay, anyway, so let's talk about what the next step of Embrace Tiger Hidden Drag uh, in Return to Dragon is. The main Shit. thing I got out of junior high is the Erase first time I ever slow danced with a boy. Forget me, his name, he was a bass. That was it was yeah. true for me too, and his name was Marshall. Oh right, Marshall! Marshall. We're not putting any of this in. <laughs> I think we should put all of it in. Okay. All right. Because it is about embracing everything and that everything is interconnected with everything else. And that is just true. 
the my practice of mindfulness is noticing where your mind goes and gently returning it. So this is us. This is me gently returning. noticing where my mind goes and gently returning it. And you asked me if scooping up the universe was too big and abstract and sudden. And I said that it made me remember a really stupid fucking song called We Are One, which I sang the year that I first slow danced with a boy. And so when I scooped up the universe, that is what I found. Don Bessig. And the boy with the, like, shaved sides and curly blonde hair on top. Right. And we stood as far apart as our arms would let us get and still be touching each other. Okay, so let's look at that. All we gotta do is look at it. We're not gonna judge it. We're not gonna judge you for having thought it. We're just gonna look at it. There's Hello. There's so much emotion of, like, what the fuck that goes yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. No, and like, guess what? That's Tiger. It's the thing itself. It's how you feel about the thing. It's how other people feel about that thing. You just look at it for a minute there in the palm of your hands and go, I see you, tiger. I got it. I see. Now I'm going to return to mountain. And you do. That's it. So you embrace the tiger. You scoop up some of the universe and you have a look at it. And sometimes you can guide your mind towards embracing whatever tiger is. Now, tiger is the opposite of mountain because it's it's alive, it's moving, it's less predictable, but at the same time, it's also part of nature. It's part of mountain and yet also the opposite of mountain. There is no mountain without the tiger. There's no tiger without the mountain. They are each other. And the illusion of going from one to the other is a limitation of humanity. And we embrace that too. The limitation of humanity. I see you. Mm, look at that. I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to observe you for now and practice non-judgment and let your hands float back in front of you. And am I like dropping it when I turn my palms upside down, turn my palms back? No, you're embracing it. You're embracing it. This is embrace Still tiger. Still holding it. Yeah. You're, the thing is, you're always Scoop holding it. Scoop it up, hold it in the palms of my hands and let it, it'll be like the helium balloon still in the palms of my hands. Yeah. When I return to mountain. Because the thing, it was, it was always in the palms of your hands anyway. And now you're just aware of it and practicing non-judgment. Ah, no, I don't want that. I don't want it always in the palm of my hands. Isn't there a time when I can have it not in the palm of my hands? No. But. God damn it. There are things that suck that, you know, like, let's reach down and scoop and we look at, oh, systemic racism. There it is in the palm of our hands. And we're like, well, that's clearly objectively bad and needs to be smashed to pieces. Clearly, it's a bad thing. But the thing is, your brain is made to judge. When you judge, approach, avoid, like, dislike, that's your brain protecting your body, trying to tell your body, run away from that thing, or go fight that thing, or go eat that thing. That is made to keep you alive, and your brain is always going to be great at judgment. You never have to practice judgment, but you do have to practice non-judgment. So for just this minute, what we're doing is practicing non-judgment. And that's going to be good for our brains. And when it's good for our brains, it's going to be good for the world because it's going to be good for us because we're going to be able to contribute more because we're not all stressed out and overwhelmed by the fact that we have these sticky fucking balloons on our hands and we can't get rid of them. It's always part of us. Why is that terrible? Like the judgment will always be there. But if we can practice looking at the balloons stuck to our hands and be like, yeah, I'm not going to judge you for a minute. I'm just going to be aware of you. Then no, we it doesn't work for me. But you because the stuff, the sticky stuff in my hands is like not the problem, like the thoughts, the memories. Okay, so the junior high dancing memory is tied to the dress I was wearing, which is also the dress I was wearing the inevitable day that every junior high 
person who menstruates has of like being humiliated in a locker room because of menstrual situation. Oh, like that's what comes next. Right. And that's terrible. That's tiger. Tigers eat people. You know that, right? Tigers are bad and dangerous. So like tiger is not just like a majestic, graceful creature in the jungle for the, you know, Chinese philosophers. Tiger is threat to life. Right. And you embrace that shit. But where that goes next is the conversation I just had with these people who are producing a documentary where I was like, everybody's got a menstruation humiliation story from some point in their life. If they menstruate, they've got a menstruation humiliation. Do you have a menstruation humiliation story? You don't have to tell it. Yeah. I've had multiple situations where I've had blood on my pants or whatever. Yeah, totally. You've spattered blood all over the floor of a public bathroom, right? No, but in my, gyne- in my gynecologist's office, there, there was a spill <laughs> that included a mop. Yes. <laughs> well, so so I was talking about this and people were telling their stories and it was helping them uh, think about constructive ways to tell the story of the relationship people have with menstruation. Yeah. So it turned into something like positive and hopefully constructive and they're going to do something creative and artistic and coherent with it that's going to feel good for a lot of people, whoever watches it. Okay, that is good and helpful. But it doesn't need to be... And it all came from scooping up the universe juice and finding a dumb Don Bessick song and the slow dance in the dress and the menstruation humiliation (laughs) and the conversation with the people and they're going to make something with it. Yeah, that's... Embracing the tiger and returning to mountain is like by the time you find something good. But the thing is, you don't have to have a result. There doesn't have to be something good about it. But where I started with that was that it is not the thoughts. It is not the memories, specifically the story that is hard and sticky and I want to get it off. Mm -hmm. It's all about feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The feelings are are part of the tiger. Because the thing is that actually the memory doesn't exist without the feelings like the feelings don't exist without the memory they are the same thing literally in your brain when one is activated the other it's not true that the feelings don't exist without the story it is your remembering the story that made it happen right now yeah that's what i mean that 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 moment when you embrace it and then you're flooded by all of it you see what i'm saying Uh so then what you're flooded by all of it and you say oh look at that and you practice for a hot that was a second. Bunch of tiger. Yeah. Whoa, tiger. Wow. And then and you... the source of it is not past events. The source of the tiger is not the past events. The past of it is not systemic racism, this big, terrible idea of all the suffering in the world. It is this event happening in my body. It is both. It's the memories that are happening now, the feelings that are happening now, the actual events that happened in the past that you have those memories of, the long history of systemic racism if we're going there that reaches into all of western history it is all of that and it is the thinking of it now and the feelings of it now and it's also what the future is going to be so there are three parts to time as far as humans can perceive past future and then the interaction of them both which is the present right now tai chi is the mutual interaction of opposites so the past and the future meet right now so every moment is Tai Chi because it's the interaction of past turning into future, which is a perception of human limitation because we don't even know for sure if this is how time works. 
because mathematicians can't prove it, but we definitely perceive it that way. But we also understand that this is a construct and that it is a, um, a limitation that we must perceive time in this way, because we also know that human perception of time varies depending on what's going on, right? Time, yeah. time flies when you're having fun. So we know that perception of time is not fixed. It's not really real. So your imagining of past and all the feelings that happened now because of it are the same as the in the universe are the same as the future that's going to result. So the fact that you had that humiliation in middle school and that turned into this help that you could give some documentary makers to help future middle schoolers, that is, that's the Tai Chi. And all your feelings about it, also the Tai Chi. And my human limitation in perceiving it as in the past and developing into the future in a now or a thick now is also the Tai Chi. Yeah. So what's mountain? feels like mountain is the part I need. Mountain is the part where you don't have to think about any of that, where you're just in your body and you aren't, you can't be moved by anything. You send your attention to the soles of your feet where they're pressed against the floor. And you know that because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know that the earth is pressing back up into your feet. Literally, physically, that's what's happening. The earth is coming back to support you. That your feet are pressing in and pressing together. And that interaction is the Tai Chi. You can feel that your knees and your legs and your hips are still planted in this strong rooted way, but you can also feel little twitches happening in your thighs, little cramps in your toes as you kind of grab for the floor. And then you remember, I don't have to grab for the floor. The floor is coming for me and your toes relax. That completely invisible stillness that it looks like from the outside, it looks like you're not moving at all. In the inside, you can feel so much movement. That movement within the stillness is the Tai Chi. And there you are, you're still in the Tai Chi and you can feel that your shoulders are maybe getting tired from holding your hands up. But then you remember, your shoulders aren't holding your hands up. Your hands are holding themselves up. The balloons of energy are holding your hands up. That's, and yet your shoulders are also holding your hands up. Both those things are happening at the same time. And that's the Tai Chi. And that's all you have to think about is what's happening right here, right now in this moment, knowing that you are strong and stable and can't be moved. You're the mountain. You're part of the earth. You're reaching up to the sky. That's also the duality of a mountain, that it is grounded enormously in a vast span of earth. And it rises up into its opposite, the sky, up into the universe. And the reaching is not a striving. It is the nature of it. And that is also the nature of you. These are the things so you think about. Remember when I was talking about the Episcopal minister priest who told me the secret is just uh, take up all the space you take up and no less. Yeah. Don't fight to take up other people's spaces, but like you just, you just, here's the space you take up, take it up. Yeah. Is it like that? Yes. But even stronger than that, because you're recognizing how it's all happening and you're recognizing your place within the universe and your place within the place that you're standing and noticing that you are not just you, you are also mountain. Oh, by the way, you're also tiger. Oh, by the way, you're also earth and air. You are spirit and meat at the same time. Yeah, that was a lot. I find that recognition that like, it's not just me right here. It's me connected to this space that I can perceive immediately around me. 
and that space immediately around me is also connected to literally everything. Like when I reach up into the air, I'm scooping around the air that's like immediately around my head, but that air is the same air that goes all the way up into the atmosphere. It's the same air that connects the earth to the vacuum of space. They're the same. So when I'm reaching up, I am reaching out into the whole universe. Because my myself does not end at my skin. Myself, who I am, does not end at my fingertips. There's energy, literally energy, but also philosophically, my chi, my energy, my life force, my actions impact other people. And that is my energy turning into other people's energy. But also, literally, there's energy. We all have magnetic fields. We all have, um, you know, light that reflects off of us. There's literally energy that extends off my body that is a continuation of myself that's beyond my literal visual or sensory perception, but it still exists. It definitely exists. And that connects me to everything outside of me. And the line that's harsh between me and the universe is a limitation of human perception. It's a it's a fiction to make it possible to, you know, exist in the world, to chop wood, carry water, do what you got to do to survive. But when you remember, you come back to mountain and you're remembering, oh, I'm strong, but I'm also flexible and soft at the same time. I am holding myself up, but also I'm being held up by the universe. I am not separate from the universe. I am one with the earth, one with the sky literally one like we're made of the same substances and we behave in the same ways because we come from each other i find it refreshing no not refreshing it's hard i mean yes oh it is hard and at first the first time i did this i was like how is this good we're just letting things be but there's i was in doctoral school and under a tremendous amount of stress like like literally lethal amounts of stress and uh, I was like, well, that's that's bullshit that we just don't change things. You have to change things in order to feel better. Turns out, no. A Chinese philosopher came to my university to do like a talk for whoever wanted to come. And he told this very basic story that I'm sure you've also heard about a, a, um, a boy who grows up and uh, he falls down and breaks his leg. And his neighbors are like, oh, too bad. That's bad luck. And he's like, well, we'll see. And the next day, the recruiters for the army come in and they're and they're taking kids out of the village to go serve in the army. And he's got a broken leg, so he can't go. He gets to stay home. And the neighbors say, oh, that's good luck. And he says, we'll see. See where I'm going with this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So in this big picture, large scale, things change. The, the nature of existence is, as we say, oscillation from good to bad, from tense to relaxed, from autonomous to connected, from good luck to bad luck, from pain to relief, from suffering to celebrating. And it's not that there is suffering and there is celebrating, it's that there's all of existence which is made of those things and not just the switching between those things, but the simultaneous existence of those things. That is the nature of life, that's the nature of existence. All things exist as life and death simultaneously. Lies and truth. That's another thing that interacts simultaneously. Reality and fantasy. So as a middle-aged, middle-class, 21st century white lady, 
I can pretty much always find roomy story that applies to my life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Rumi is a Sufi poet, and he wrote that uh, Sufism itself is the feeling of joy when sudden disappointment comes. Yeah, exactly. The eagle carries off Muhammad's boot and saves him from the snake that was hiding in there. Exactly. Don't grieve, Rumi writes, for what doesn't come. Some things that don't happen keep disasters from happening. Yes. But we don't just have to celebrate the disaster that we averted. The tragedy itself is part of existence and is not to be mourned, simply to be accepted. Embrace tiger. Return to mountain. If we always spend our time looking for the silver lining, looking for the dessert, looking for the, the snake that we avoided, that discount the suffering as being like a means toward an end, that is, that's not how it works. It's not, a, there is no means, there is no end. It's yeah, just... Yeah, Sophie was, was uh, pretty consistently, I'm gonna use the word masochistic okay. when it came to God. I mean, he literally has a poem that's like, he's talking to a chef from the position of a chickpea, beat me with your wooden stirring spoon. Wow. Yeah, because he wants to be made into the mash of the universe. Right, sure, yeah. That's how so... I get turned into... What I'm going to be. And the, in the Chinese philosophy that I learned, there is no deity. There is no personhood or will or focused direction. There's just the, the qi and the interaction of the qi. It's, it's not directed. It's just up to us to learn to live within it by recognizing it and, and allowing ourselves to move with it. I want to quote Ursula K. Le Guin, who is a sci-fi writer. Uh, I'm reading The Left Hand of Darkness right now. And the quote, the thing from the book that the title comes from is that light is the left hand of darkness, which is, yeah, that's that's the Tai Chi. Uh, but she also says in the introduction to that book, I'm an atheist, but I'm an artist too, and therefore a liar. Distrust everything I say, I am telling the truth. The only truth I can understand and express is logically defined a lie, psychologically defined a symbol, aesthetically defined a metaphor. And I really like that because that's about how lies are the truth, which is a great way to understand and interpret the world, but it's also the nature of existence that lies and truth all come from the same thing because you can't tell a lie without telling the truth also. And honestly, you can't tell the truth without also lying. Every truth you tell will also be full of lies. <laughs> okay, so this is the Coleman Barks translation, which is the one most of us read when we read translations of Rumi, which is all we are ever reading. Uh, a chickpea leaps almost over the rim of the pot where it's being boiled. Why are you doing this to me? The cook knocks him down with a ladle. Don't try to jump out. You think I'm torturing you? I'm giving you flavor so you can mix with spices and rice and be the lovely vitality of a human being. Remember when you drank rain in the garden? That was for this. Grace first. Sexual pleasure, then a boiling new life begins, and the friend has something good to eat. The friend is always God. Event that's me adding the note. The friend is always God. Eventually, the chickpea will say to the cook, boil me some more. Hit me with the skimming spoon. I can't do this by myself. I'm like an elephant that dreams of gardens back in Hindustan and doesn't pay attention to his driver. You're my cook, my driver, my way into existence. I love your cooking. Yeah. Rumi's way more focused on suffering 
than <laughs> Chinese Tai Chi philosophy. As far as I know, maybe there are some branches of this philosophy that are more focused on acknowledging the suffering. However, <laughs> yeah, really... you know, people don't ever quote the poems about fucking donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you know what? Donkey fucking is part of the part of the tiger. <laughs> The donkey, the fucking, it's the interaction. The Sophie poem about. The Sophie poem about it, your feelings about the Sophie poem. Those are all part of the Tai Chi. This was all supposed to help me with my depression. I remember resisting this at first. And I do remember that at first I did not find it helpful. (laughs) At first I was like, this is dumb. This is not helpful at all. But I've been practicing it for eight eight years. years. And now I find it true i find it a good reminder that what is happening is part of the whole and that i am part of the whole and the way we make the whole better for everyone is by being what we are as truly as we can i really believe that if everyone practiced tai chi nobody would be a white supremacist you can't be a white supremacist and believe in patriarchy and hierarchy and superiority of one thing over another when you understand that you are the mountain and the tiger and all I can be is me and all I can do is what I can do and that is actually my only job that's my only reason for existing to be me okay to sum up and conclude sort of this is all supposed to help me with my difficult feelings Mm-hmm. And the part I find helpful right now is the return to Martin Mountain Park because I feel like I live in Tiger. Oh, yeah. Remembering that there is such a thing as mountain, that it is actually available to me all the time if I make any effort. Yes. And that I am not leaving Tiger when I go to Mountain. Oh, no. Because it's still Tiger. It's yes. still there. It's in the palm of my hands. There it is. Yeah. Helium balloons under my palms. Yeah. And, and, also, even, and mountain is always there. Yeah, when you're in ti- when you're looking at tiger, when you're embracing tiger, you're still in mountain. It's only the limited limitations of human perception that you have to separate the two to understand that they're interacting with each other. They always are, but because you're a limited human being, you have to go. Okay, tiger now. Okay, mountain now. Okay, and there's a lot now. of people who uh, need help remembering that tiger is always there. They're like living in mountain. Yeah. I think a lot of people believe that you're supposed to live in mountain all the time. That there's this like peace that you're supposed to achieve in life. Yes. No. I, yes. People think that the goal is mountain. The goal is not mountain. The goal is the freedom to oscillate. God damn it. That's always the fucking goal. Yeah. But as long you, but if you're stuck in Tiger, you need to remember that mountain is always there. And one of the things that's really great about Tai Chi is that it has a physical thing to do to embody the metaphor so that even if you don't have any belief at all in Chi energy or universe juice or the interconnectedness of everything, even if that's not, that doesn't feel true to you, you can physically do the thing that is mountain pose. 
And then you can physically scoop up some tiger and embrace it and then return to mountain. See, look, it didn't go anywhere. It's right in front of me. And return to mountain. And you can literally stand there for 20 minutes and just do embrace tiger, return to mountain. And that is a complete Tai Chi practice because you have acknowledged the interplay of opposites because you have noticed your body, because you have sensed your connection to everything. People think that Tai Chi is very slow and you don't do much. But Tai Chi is slow because you're doing so much. So much internal work. Yeah. So much neutral noticing. And it's the neutral that's the important part. It's not what you pay attention to. It is the neutral, non-judgmental way you pay attention to it. Yeah. Because your brain's always going to be good at judgment. You never have to practice judgment. Tai Chi is practice of the non-judgment to make your brain able to practice non-judgment, to build up your non-judgment muscles so that when you need them in the real world, they're ready to go. Just like Tai Chi is a martial arts practice, when you get good at these slow movements, they're all slowed down versions of, of kicks and punches and, you know, and blocks. And when you need them in a, a combat situation, your muscles have deeply, deeply learned the most efficient way to move, the most balanced way to move, how to connect to the earth instantly um, when you practice it slowly. And it's the same thing with non-judgment. You've built up your non-judgment muscles. So when you need them in life, you're going to be ready to go, how to connect to the earth, how to respond in a way that's efficient and does not strain or break you or allow you to receive damage. You're going to have this reflex reaction that is well-trained and strong and ready to, to help you. This is helpful. It helps me. Good. It helps me. For sure it helps me. Well then, I think we help some people. Hopefully. And we may and you know if we didn't, the point of this podcast again is basically just to like help me. Help each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get through what has turned out to be I mean, we knew it was gonna be bad. Yeah. We did not know how bad it was gonna be, and so we did not know how much help we were going to need. Yeah. And one of the ways we are helped is by feeling that we are helping other people. Yeah. Whoo! Yeah. Yeah. And also, even people who, who know perfectly well that the universe juice and the one with everything, they, they're aware of that. They do the work. Even, even we need the reminder sometimes. Oh, right. Universe juice. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. The moral of the story is universe juice. Embrace tiger. Return to mountain. It's not one or the other. It is the freedom to oscillate between the two that matters. If you're struggling to get to mountain, remember, mountain is always there. And you can get there, uh, well, you can remind yourself and help yourself to get there by literally doing the gestures. Yeah. Which if you Google embrace tiger, return to mountain, you will definitely find. You're going to find several different gestures that are referred to as embrace tiger, return to mountain. None of them are wrong. They're all just different branches of Tai Chi. And you can do whichever one works for you. For me, the one that I initially learned and the one that I practice is the, you know, feet in horse stance and the scooping down to gather the universe juice to show my eyes. Okay, you get to wrap us up. And that's this episode of the Feminist Survival Project. If anything was written, it was written by us, Amelia Nagoski and... Emily, but it's written by Amelia. None of it was written. <laughs> I mean, I prepared to like, how am I going to explain this? And I have to do the disclaimer, but and you everything teach this else very just, often. I, I talk about this all the time, but usually I talk about it in the context of doing it, which is different. I, I found it much more difficult to talk about without us actually like 
just physically doing it, it seems to sink in faster when people are... That's quarantine, baby. Yeah. To the extent it was produced, it was produced by Emily's marital euphemism. There was no music um, except the introductions by me. And you can follow us, uh, the podcast, on Instagram or Twitter at FSP2020 and email us at feministsurvivalproject2020 at gmail.com. If you want to explain Tai Chi to me or tell me why I'm wrong, please don't do that because I know (laughs) there are no facts. (laughs) There's no arguing. It's fine. But kindness is always welcome. I hope this helped. If it did and you find yourself wanting to have a conversation with it with the exhausted feminists in your life, please share it. So I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Feminist Survival Project 2020. Until then, thanks for listening. That wide? That wide, yeah. Because that's wide. The horse I rode named Butters was real wide. The Feminist Survival Project 2020 is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.